In this episode, protecting enterprises, what's the dangers of pre-IP and multiple identities? How do you manage that? gas has always challenged technology. Now it's time for tech to challenge back. Come hear how the best minds in the industry are making those solutions a reality on the Oil and Gas Technology Podcast with your host, Mark LaCour. Hey folks, welcome back. Hey, if you want to support the show, you know I ask this of you every week. Please, please, please leave us a review. We've had a bunch of people out there. Big shout out to all y'all that's left us review for the show. But the show's new. We're still growing. So if you can take a minute to go to iTunes, leave us a review. It's ridiculously easy. You can do it from your mobile. So leave us a review. And if you do, we'll give you a big shout out. And then since we don't have a review this week, we do have something kind of cool. For whatever reason, this show is the 73rd most popular show in Canada under careers. I have no idea why, but thank you for all the Canadian listeners for ranking us number 73 out of all the millions of podcasts that uh, you listen to in Canada, especially under careers. Today we have a guest, but before we get to guest, I just want a big shout out to the show's sponsor, Nutanix. If you need help modernizing your data center to run an application at any scale, either on-prem or in the crowd, these are the folks you really want to talk to. Great guys doing some great work out there. More to come from them. They're, they're, they're blowing it going to oil and gas. But we're sitting here with Roman, and Roman, we I'm going to butcher your name. Let me try Right. It's I'm not gonna even try it. What's your last name, Roman? It's uh, Roman Arutinov. Arutinov. Yeah, I should have been able to get that one. You're the co-founder and VP of products at Zage Security. What's cool about this, this is kind of a long roundabout way. I ran into some people. We started talking about cybersecurity. Cybersecurity is a huge business driver now in oil and gas, whereas just a few years ago, only the CSO and CIO even knew what cybersecurity is. So welcome to the show. One of the first things I want to get into is, you know, I mentioned that cybersecurity has grown. Unless you and I talk real quick, why has the threat of cybersecurity grown so much in the last 10 years? Yeah, that's a, that's actually a great question. So we're definitely seeing the growth happening. In fact, there's also an expansion of growth, especially at, as it applies to oil and gas, where previously the attacks were mainly focused on sort of IT infrastructure. Now they're starting to extend into the operational environment as well, into the actual refineries, into the oil and gas well pads themselves, upstream, midstream pipelines, and downstream operations. And the growth is associated with what's going on in the industry. It is getting increasingly more connected and digitalized, going through digital transformation, which requires networking, lots of the equipment, which previously did not have security controls. And as a result, much of it is, is vulnerable. And, and, and also just the geopolitical situation, you know, the price of oil has rebounded in many ways and, and it's becoming a lot more lucrative and, uh, to, uh, to go after it. Well, so that's really cool because one of the things you kind of brushed over that people need to be aware of is that there's many more points of entry for the bad guys now in 2019 in oil and gas than there was in 2000, right? With all this new infrastructure coming in, it's all IP traffic, which then is just a very, or I shouldn't say very easy, but an easier way for the bad guy to get in, right? It, it, exactly. And, you know, the operators are having a hard time sort of balancing between, you know, the techniques they used to use before to, you know, create islands and segments and, you know, air gap their their operations. It's becoming increasingly difficult as they're running everything on IP 
and driving it with software and having a true, you know, data-driven operation. Yeah. And so we're going to pause here because I do want to back up a little bit. How did you get into this crazy industry? Yeah. So I have some, uh, had some experience with the industry in the past. So my, my background is really about 20 years in cybersecurity and, you know, distributed systems and industrial automation. So, you know, actually started my career building the first generation of proxy technology for, you know, a company called Bluecoat, which is a large part of Symantec now, really protecting enterprises from internet-based attacks. And then built large distributed systems connecting sort of millions of control devices in an industrial setting, meter sensors as well. And more recently ran industrial networking group at ABB, which is a major, you know, automa- industrial automation company. And we focused on oil and gas and we were providing networking solutions that were help oil and gas companies transform themselves and, you know, increase operational efficiency, human safety, improve production through communications, through software-driven automation. And security increasingly became number one topic. And I decided it's a good time to start a company and, and address that particular problem. Yeah, we know the guys at ABB well. That's a world that has changed, that process control world. Once again, speaking of cybersecurity, it used to be in the old days, if you wanted to hack process controls, you had to drive out there a truck, find the wires and scrape the insulation off the wires to tap into the analog traffic. Now, a lot of that stuff, or not a lot of it, a lot of it, almost all of it's digital. A lot of it's wireless. You know, you're having uh, companies, service companies and operators build their own networks because they just need to because the infrastructure isn't there. And then back to my point earlier about just that just increases the number of, of points for the bad guys to entry. But the other thing that you brought up earlier that I thought was really interesting is the drivers for cybersecurity attacks have changed. You know, years ago, it was bored kids in Seattle, right? They're just trying to see if, if they could get in. And now you're, you're having state-sponsored attacks. That's a different level of sophistication. And they're looking for different things, aren't they? Yeah. So the, it's, you know, we've been involved in a number of situations where we've discovered that they were state-sponsored attacks, not just in oil and gas, but also in you know, with utilities, electrical utilities, as well as water infrastructure in the U.S. And what the type of attacks that are being used, it's almost shows and, you know, TriConnect's attacks, for example, that, that happened in, on Schneider Safety Systems uh, demonstrates this exact point. It's uh, they're going after critical infrastructure. This is a safety controller, things like safety controllers, meaning that if they're compromised, if they don't do their job, you can have a you know catastrophic event that takes down and potentially disastrous impact, including impact on human safety and an environment. And and the way that these attacks are being carried out is also interested interesting. They are almost, you know, besides ransomware, which is not really a state sponsored thing, but these these attacks on on infrastructure are are happening as what they call remote access trojans, meaning that, or you know, another name for this, just rats. They are <laughs> they, they they infiltrate the infrastructure, but are designed to be unnoticed and just live there until there is a good number of those rats penetrating the infrastructure across the board. Then they're just sitting there waiting for commands to activate. So. Thankfully, many of these attacks had internal issues within them that, you know, made them uh, surface and, and, and fail. But the idea is to essentially penetrate number of devices and wait for an attack command to activate at a later time when there's, you know, good enough penetration. 
So that's kind of a, you know, a well thought out, very sophisticated type of attacks that are takes just an incredible amount of resources and patience to to it. And very strategic, right? To sit and wait, you know? I mean, that that's a level of strategy thinking from the bad guys. I mean, I'm not giving them credit for 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 being good at what they do, but that's that's you know, pretty pretty darn impressive. The other question I want to ask you, because and then we're gonna get back into into what Zage does, is it's interesting from my point of view. So I hear not from the tech guys, although this is an oil and gas tech show, but I hear the last couple of years a lot of the business owners in oil and gas really, really, really concerned because one of the new things is things like uh, uh, cyber terrorism, right? Where you have people that don't like our industry and they try to make something bad happen to make us look even worse, not realizing that the effect it can have on installations or equipment or unfortunately people. You know? And so now that you have you know these different drivers and different levels of sophistication, what used to work as far as cybersecurity just doesn't work anymore. Perfect example of that is, you know, in oil and gas over the last five or six years, we've moved a lot of what we do, a lot of our processes to the cloud. And cybersecurity in the cloud is different than cybersecurity on-prem. And if you're moving stuff and you don't understand that difference, you're opening yourself up. So I guess my question to you is, you know, with all this growth both in why people are, or why the bad guys are doing it, the ability for bad guys to have more points of entry. Does the oil and gas industry need to look at cybersecurity in a different way than they did five or six years ago? Absolutely. There's you know that number of good already techniques that are in place, but they're dated and they mostly come from the world that's you know pre-IP and pre-cloud, and those need to be updated and you know there are organizations that you know that are, that are working on on updating these and and having decent guidelines coming out but essentially one of the bigger challenges is just you can't just rip and replace everything so there's desires to go through digital transformation and have a data-driven operation and in many cases that's possible utilizing the equipment that's in place already the challenge is that equipment itself is legacy. That equipment itself doesn't have security protection. When we look at it, we, we see even 80% of the controllers, you know, I'd say 80%, but it's more like 95% of you know controllers and PLCs out there, RTUs, telemetry units as well, have really you know lack basic security, like lack lack credentials or identity-based authentication methods. You know, most of the time. The, you can just control a PLC with your programming tool without having to authenticate to it. And once, God, that's crazy. <laughs> exactly. And not just that, an operation may have a thousand of those PLCs or more, and you can control all of them from a single laptop with a control, you know, programming tool on it, which you can download very easily from the manufacturer's website. So once you're in the network, it's once into you're in the operational network, there is very little control on security. And, and you know, before devices themselves just won't change over time, they're still going through their life cycle and they may still have 10 to 15 years on them in the field. So we need to be able to create techniques that provide access control, provide data security, do it, provide segmentation and you know, control communication, both human to device, machine, you know, device to device, and you know, application to data across this whole wide uh, you know, operational arena that you know, our customers have. And that's exactly what we designed the Zage Security Fabric to do, 
is protect the operational field and as it interacts with, you know, within the operation as well as it interacts with the cloud also. So, yeah, I mean, there's some good work being done. There's some customers who are, you know, leading the pack, definitely. But, you know, the solutions that we have to create are the ones that are secure the current world, not just, the, you know, perfect future world that we're going to develop, right? So that's part of the challenge. Yeah, and you brushed across this a little bit what Zage helps companies do. But let's kind of back up a little bit bigger. So if you're an oil and gas company and you have concern about your cybersecurity, which I'm telling you, everybody needs to be concerned about cybersecurity every year, all the time. I'm surprised at how many very large companies don't have a dedicated cybersecurity plan. They don't test. They don't reevaluate that plan every year as technology and threats change. So, you know, if you're an oil and gas company and you're concerned about cybersecurity and you engage with Zage, what would that look like and how would y'all help the oil and gas company? Yeah, that's that's a good question. We actually are starting to see changes in that aspect as well. I mean, when I worked in this space about, let's say, even as, as short as five years ago, most of these companies did not have anyone responsible for cybersecurity on their staff. And it often was a responsibility of an IT department, which really focused on enterprise applications. And when it comes to operational applications or, or, or the OT environment, there was really nobody responsible for cyber for cybersecurity. That's starting to change now. We're seeing folks who are responsible for secure network architecture, access control solutions. So in some companies are better than at that than others, but that's a significant change already. I wouldn't say the oil and gas industry is ahead of other industries when it comes to that. You know, I think other some other energy utilities, for example, are are further ahead and they have regulation, which I think will come to the oil and gas space as well sooner rather than later, but it's starting to change. When it comes to engaging with Zage, Zage offers, you know, our products focus on identity access management, as well as data security aspects for their operational environment, industrial control systems, IoT deployments as well. And we take it all the way from doing the initial security assessment, understanding what their needs may be and reviewing what they have in place already and where a potential entry points and potential security vulnerabilities may reside. And we actually design a full system solution with our products for, for particular customers for their environments using our methodology and, and, and templates to begin with, but then we customize it for them. But the products themselves are flexible enough that they are able to universally fit with any type of control or system or IoT deployment they may have already in place. Yeah, and you touched on something which which is used in a bunch of different ways. You talked about identity and, and authentication. You know, identity and authentication has been around a while. Active Directory and Microsoft is one of the first things I think of, and that's been around forever. But the other thing is you also need to worry about people because a lot of the cybersecurity events, a lot of people don't understand this, is either start it are accelerated by social attacks, by by fooling people, right? And so you need to make sure, that, and this is one of the reasons why you always need a third party to help your cybersecurity, is you literally, from a 
pure cybersecurity point of view, you don't want your own in-house people to do everything. You need a third party to help look at that so you have an extra set of eyes of what's going on. And so with that whole identity and authentication, you talked earlier about process controllers having no need, which I cannot believe that. But is this something you can layer over existing old hardware? Yeah, absolutely. And that's exactly what we spend a lot of time outside of just building our core technology to make sure it is it universally fits on on top of the deployments that already exist with current hardware. We don't require any modification to the hardware itself, any reconfiguration to the hardware, we or the applications that are interfacing with them, so they can use their current tools as they would. We're essentially a security overlay that is sitting in front of the the controllers and requiring all the various applications and humans to provide their identity with multiple factors before they're allowed to interact with the equipment. So, and that and the interaction is defined per policy. So any given operator can define which people can access which devices, which applications can interact with which devices and how data is being handled at our manager. We then distribute that policy across the entire operation we have a little low footprint gateways that get deployed into the edge environments themselves, into the well pads, refinery operations, storage facilities, and once and then local devices and local applications and people coming in remotely or locally are then all required to authenticate before any interaction can can take place. And I'm a firm believer that you know authentication needs to be done with multiple factors. Uh, it's not just a username and password. It's you know something that you know. It's something that you have and something that you are. So, as many of these factors as possibly an operator can implement, the more the better. You know, creates a stronger and a stronger security you know posture for that specific specific operation. And what Zage does uniquely well is actually ensure that they could use all those authentication methods, irregardless where that technician or application resides, whether it's in the cloud, whether it's in the control center, whether it's actually at the edge in the well pad itself, you can use the same ways of authenticating and you can have the same policy being applied throughout your operation, which is sort of a big relief for many of our customers because one of the hardest things to do is to ensure that things are being comprehensively done in a consistent way across the operation and we, we help with that yeah especially especially in my world on the gas because you have a mix of literally legacy stuff whether it's hardware or software and cutting edge stuff and you're where it's a global organization right it's a global industry so you have stuff all over the world and now with connectivity everywhere you have to worry about all kinds of things i am real, real quick though SCADA. so SCADA is something y'all can manage just as well absolutely yeah that's part of the core of, of our technologies to be able to secure the SCADA environment also. Yeah, and SCADA is everywhere in this industry, and it's not going anywhere. So let me ask this question from a, from a different angle, because one of the things I hear a lot from the business side of oil and gas is like, yes, we understand now that cybersecurity is big. It's important. It actually can be shareholder affecting, right? Which all of a sudden you get everybody's attention, but they always get a little bit of pushback. It's like, but I don't want to make it harder to run my business. And you talked about different types of authentication, multiple authentication, but in y'all's world, y'all can do this in a way that's seamless to the, to the company, right? So you're not adding a layer of 
the stuff that's going to slow down their processes. You're securing all this, and you're also in some ways making it easier because with Zage managing everything, you don't have these separate security systems conflicting with each other. Am I, am I pretty close to that? Yeah, exactly. In fact, we're making things a lot easier. So what we see being done is things like people are using things like firewalls, for example, and you know they firewalls are, are really designed to protect sort of the entry point or the you know the DMZs and. And once you start deploying many firewalls across the edge, you start quickly, it's quickly starts to become unmanageable. You know, we see mid-sized operators have over a million rules in their firewalls. And, you know, if you're now going to start having a thousand firewalls, it's quickly becomes just a nightmare scenario from the complexity perspective. If you ever tried to get access into an industrial operation, and had to deal with somebody who, who has to adjust the firewall rule to ensure that certain application can work or certain person can't interact with the system. It literally takes weeks, six to eight weeks to get it done. And just because of the complexity that's involved to ensure that by adding that rule, they're not breaking something else. It's a huge mental map that needs to be reviewed and every single time. And all of that gets easier once you start thinking about an identity and authentication, authorization, and a policy versus a rule set. Yeah, and it's funny you bring that up. So right now, you and I are not in the same room. We're actually using a tool called Zencaster. And I'm not going to tell you which super major it was, but we had this exact issue where they wanted to come on the show. They approved the tool. IT approved the tool to come in, but it was some firewall setting that they couldn't find. And so the tool wouldn't work. And so our workaround was the my interview that I was have on the show took her personal machine and went to Starbucks. <laughs> and we had a great interview. But just think if that would have been mission critical. Just think if that would have – that an ability to get in would have shut something down somewhere, you know, and literally it, it like to your point, it took them weeks to find where that thing was. So if, if Zage was in that, that super major at that time, that would have been found quickly and fixed almost immediately. Right? Exactly. So, you know, with the rules, you actually have to go review them. You don't know many times you don't know which, which the source was the destination, it affects with everything else. And that's why it takes, and there's many of them. And that's why it takes the, takes a long time. With our approach, you're, you're, it's focused around an identity of a you know, user, a device, or an application so that you can quickly just assign a privilege to that user to access a different system. And that pro- propagates automatically throughout all of the infrastructure, network infrastructure, application infrastructure that's in place. And the Zage Fabric automates that whole process for for the operator. So I'm guessing the opposite happens too. So let's say you have a person that's left for whatever reason, you can quickly, you know, in a in a, a second's notice remove their access or let's say somebody got a promotion, they need another level of access. Once again, it's it's done and then it, it percolates through the entire enterprise system, right? That's correct. You know, it, whether it's actual remote that individual is accessing it remotely or locally, it's it's done in the same way and percolated through the whole entire system automatically. So Roman, we're getting close to winding this down. I do want to ask you this though. When you're looking out toward the future and you're and you're looking at, you know, from a cybersecurity point of view, you know, things are only the bad guys are only going to get more sophisticated. So companies by default have to stay on top of their cybersecurity game, don't they? Uh, absolutely, especially as they are 
embracing automation and data-driven automation. Which is huge. Everybody's doing that right now to drive efficiencies. And that's the point that a lot of people overlook. It's like, this is really cool. You know, we have this new process. We have this new machine learning that's helping us work in this, that, or the other. But you have to understand the cybersecurity risks that you're bringing into your company when you do that sort of stuff. And and even, I mean, we're Oil & Gas Global Network is a small company, but we have an independent third-party person that we use to work in our Office 365 environment just to make sure you're secure because as a small business owner, I can't have everything shut down. I mean, we just couldn't run the company. And if you're a big company, you know, the, the threats are toward you are growing. I mean, literally every day. I heard from the CSO of Chevron, this is a couple of years ago, that they get attacked over 250,000 times a day. That, you know, that's if when you think about that number of attacks, if you don't have the process and tools in place, you're open for, for business affected vulnerabilities. Yes. And, uh, you know, I'm not I'm not surprised by that number. I've actually heard similar numbers from others as well. The attacks are growing in sophistication also. And that's what's scary is where they used to attack IT environments. Now they're attacking operational environments, which can have effect on the environment, effect on human safety and and just, you know, business productivity. I think as it, it, the latest numbers is that, you know, a single attack can have a 1.4 or 1.3 million in uh, in cost to an operation, which is equivalent as, you know, production for you know, a single well for, uh, you know, for a year. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> and those attacks are, like you said, they're, they're, there's thousands of them happening a year. Yeah. So sit tight, Rowan. We've got to pay the bills real quick. So one of the things to do in the show is we do product reviews. People, if you have a cool kind of gadgety product, send it my way. I will, if it's great, I'll say it's great. If it's not great, I'll say it's not great. I do got a lot of people reaching out to me, wanting me to review heavy, big iron stuff. And that's not what I'm talking about. Just just think of something gadgety that you'd show to your friends that's cool that maybe helps you in business. We have this cool USB-C HDMI adapter. So if you're an Apple user like we are here at OGGN, most new Apple laptops only have a USB-C port and you got to try to do all kinds of stuff with that. The thing I love about this adapter is twofold. Number one, it has an HDMI port, which means I can plug it straight to my TV. And this sounds minor, but it has a USB see pass through, which means I can still charge my laptop while I'm using this adapter. So it's like $35. It's on Amazon. It is great. We bought one for everybody because it's so cool. Uh, there's a link in the show notes. You want to go check that out. Then you hear me talk about the street team. It's our volunteer global group that helps this show and all the other shows on our social media. We ask you for an hour's worth of work a week. And if you can't do the hour's worth of work a week, we don't care. We still love you. So go join the Facebook group. We do a monthly a live stream. Myself, different hosts monthly get on there and, and talk to our team engage with y'all we got some cool swag coming your way and then you hear me talk about bcd travel they're our travel provider of choice for this show and all of our other shows they literally make an oil and gas traveling life easier and, and they're just awesome and they're so awesome to give away free coffee so go in the links in the show note click on the link and they'll give you a free cup of coffee just for listening to the show and then i talked earlier about Nutanix. they're enable it teams to build and operate highly automated private hybrid clouds they also giving away these really cool JBL Flip 4 Bluetooth speakers. Stay tuned. We don't have the link out there yet, but we should have that out in the next couple of weeks. And then while you're online, go ahead and give us your email address. Uh, we promise not to spam you. Go to the website, oilandgastechpodcast.com, and then join the LinkedIn group. Roman, I got to tell you something really cool. We brought in a new marketing person, and we had about 300 people following our LinkedIn page, and I think we're up to 17,000 people. So making the right hire <laughs> makes a difference. And no, I'm not going to tell you his name, because I don't want anybody to hire him away from us. So, Rowan, this has been great. I actually, we're talking about doing some type of business oil and gas cybersecurity event. It's still in the planning stages. You and I are going to stay in touch because 
this stuff is fascinating to me and it's also hypercritical. But if people want to learn more about Zage, where should they go? So we the good place to start with is obviously uh, Zage.com and there are a number of good material out there, including our white papers on technology, use cases and case studies as well as long as, as well as customer testimonials. And I would start there. Yeah, we'll put a link in the show notes, people, so you don't have to uh, try to write stuff down, which, by the way, it's pronounced Zage, but spelled the X, X-A-G-E. And Roman, if people want to learn more about you, I'm guessing LinkedIn? LinkedIn's perfect, but perfect place to start. And if you want to share my contact info, that would be great. Fine, too. Yeah, though. so Roman, we have wonderful people that follow our shows, our audience, but we also have some strange people, so we don't ever put our guest <laughs> email or phone number <laughs> up there. So we'll go ahead and put your link to your LinkedIn group. And and by the way, if you're listening to your the show and you're one of those strange people, it's okay. We just just you know be nice to our guests. Roman, this has been incredible. I mean, I mean we just brushed the surface here. So there's gonna be more to come. We're gonna either get you back on the show, or we're gonna end up doing a live event, or maybe do a live event and have the show at the same time. But something. But this is something that's huge in all guests. Thanks for coming on the show and thanks for sharing your your industry expertise with us. Well, thank you. Yes, love to join you back again, and uh, I'm passionate about this stuff and look forward to it. Yeah. All right, folks, we are making sure that you don't get left behind one episode at a time. And here are the events on deck. Hey, everyone. Alex here with the events on deck for November. First of all, we had our best turnout ever for our latest happy hour in Houston with our panel discussion. So thanks to everyone who attended and we hope to keep offering you guys value in the future. Be sure to listen here for any future happy hours. The events on deck for November include OGGN's second Denver happy hour on November 6th from 4 to 6 p.m. The cost of attendance is $20, a portion of which goes to local charities Safe House Denver and Oil Field Helping Hands. On November 12th at Minute Maid Stadium, IBM's Oil Field of Dreams, Data, Digitization, and Disruption. This event is free for all OGGN subscribers. OGGN's Mark LaCour will be doing a live podcast with ExxonMobil and his 2020 oil and gas predictions. On November 12th through 14th is Procurement Week in Sydney, Australia. Our travel partner, BCD Travel, will be sponsoring Day 2 of Procurement Week in Sydney. Day 2 has content focused on the construction, mining, and energy sectors, as well as an indirect procurement leaders forum which encompasses travel. Industry leaders will be discussing value-driven procurement approaches, evolving technologies, and the changing landscape. And drinks are on BCD at the end of the day. The Houston Chapter API Energy Petroleum Club will be meeting on November 12th in Houston. Speaker Shane McElroy will be talking about the sustainability of electric fracturing. We have another free event on deck this month for our subscribers. The Top Coder Innovation Summit will be taking place on November 14th in Houston, Texas. This event is the premier innovation event for industry leaders. You'll have the opportunity to attend panels on innovation and emerging technologies and meet with the YPRO and Topcoder executive teams. Lastly, the Algeria Oil and Gas Summit is happening on November 19th through 21st this year. Alnaft will be sharing onshore and offshore updates for Africa's leading gas producer and opportunities for independent oil and gas companies. And don't forget, if you guys would like to receive these events each month via email, click Get Mark's Monthly Events email link in the show notes of any OGGN podcast. Hope you guys have a great month. Check us out next week for another entertaining and yet useful episode of Oil and Gas Tech Podcast, a production of the Oil and Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.